You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. This is On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. Season 2, Episode 12, Abusive Relationships. You were very sure from the start that he was the one. Cheers. She has a date with a guy. This one has potential. His name is John Meehan. I'd be scared to date people online. Oh my God, look at you. It's inspiring. Oh my God, you're dating a doctor? What about you? You're an artist. You are so wonderful. (laughs) Hey, look, open house. Want to take a look? Sure. Brownie thinks that John is creepy. There's something wrong with him. What if she doesn't see it? You don't know him well enough yet. You don't know him at all. If you want to win over Ronnie, just don't leave. Either that or I could take her out with a Winchester 30-06 and a thousand-yard headshot. What? You married him. Hey, what's in the safe, kiddo? It's my money, John. Everything that's yours is mine. I hired a private detective. (laughs) Worry about your own sad little life, and I'll worry about Debbie. He's lying to you. He's lying to you about everything. No more being nice? Is that what you want? You don't even know who I am. John? John. Dirty John. Why are you doing this? The media often portrays abusive relationships as these kind of worst-case scenario life-or-death situations. But the vast majority of abusive relationships tread a very fine line. In fact, many people might be in a relationship with an abuser and not even know it for a very, very long time. The reason for this is the same reason that a lot of people don't realize that they're in cults. Sociopathy. Here to discuss this and more is Donna Anderson, founder of lovefraud.com. Welcome, Donna. Donna, how did you get started researching this? What made you think to investigate love fraud? The reason I got into love fraud is because of my personal experience with a sociopath. I became involved with a man by the name of James Montgomery. We got married and this man turned out to be a complete sociopath. He took a quarter million dollars from me He cheated with at least six different women during our two and a half year involvement. He had a child with one of those women. And then 10 days after I left him, but long before we had a divorce, 
he married the mother of the child, which turned out to be the second time that he committed bigamy. I was just astounded at this behavior. I, I couldn't imagine uh, what was going on. And I was seeing a therapist at the time, as you can imagine, I had some issues to talk about. And I was describing her behavior and she said to me, he sounds like a sociopath. And I'm like, sociopath, what is that? So I started looking into it. And sure enough, as I learned more about what the signs of the disorder was, I realized I was involved with a sociopath or psychopath. And I realized that this was unbelievable and that I had no idea people like this existed. And here I was a college graduate, a journalist running my own business, very successful. And I figured that if I didn't know about it, I'm sure other people didn't know about it either. And so that's why I started Love Fraud, in order to tell people that folks like this exist. I mean, someone who appeared to be a successful businessman, you know, dressed well, spoke well, he was a complete con artist. And I had absolutely no idea that people like this were out there. And so I wanted to warn others uh, that they are. On this show, we've talked about recruitment for cults a lot. But you talk about in your books that sociopaths target people and basically recruit them into becoming a part of this relationship. So can you explain how that works? In my view, because I actually came at it from the reverse perspective, because I was learning about sociopaths, and then because of that, found out about cults. And as I was reading what was going on in cults, I was like, oh my goodness, it's exactly the same pattern, exactly the same technique. And in fact, um, in my personal opinion, I believe that all cult leaders are probably sociopaths or psychopaths on steroids. I mean, you know, they just take it to a much higher level than those who are just manipulating, um, you know, one or two people. But And the cult leaders can have, you know, like, thousands and then they can have minions and, and all this other stuff. But I think it's the same personality disorder. And it's interesting because one of the key techniques that sociopaths use when targeting an individual is love bombing. And by that, we mean they, they shower you with attention. They tell you how wonderful they are. They sweep you off the, your feet. They want to be around you all the time. They're planning out um, all the dates like a month in advance. And love bombing was actually invented by cult leaders. It, it, in fact, the, the term was first described by the Moonies, by Sung Young Moon. Um, and he actually talked about love bombing in a positive sense in that, you know, they were showering the people in their cult, you know, with, with all this attention and everything. But love bombing, the term, was actually first used in the Moonies organization. If I've just started dating somebody, can you walk me through what are some of the signs that would indicate that I might be dating a sociopath? I actually have written a book exactly on this topic, which is called Red Flags of Love Fraud, 10 Signs You're Dating a Sociopath. We can go through the warning signs, but I, I want to preface it by saying that you're probably not going to see it in one dinner across the dinner table. You know, it, it, it does take some time to see the signs. And uh, the first one is charisma and charm. 
And what that means, of course, is that someone who has a sociopathic personality disorder tends to be very magnetic, they tend to be charismatic, they tend to be uh, very charming, and of course, that's exactly what cult leaders are, so there's a direct correlation there. I did research on this to validate these warning signs, and charisma and charm was named by like 96% of the survey respondents as what they saw in the um, person who turned out to be a sociopath. Um, the next thing that was most important was the concept of sudden soulmates. In other words, when you meet someone like this, they present like the person you've been waiting for all your life. I, they, it seems like you have so much in common, you have all the same beliefs, and uh, you want all the same things out of life. And there's a reason for that. And the reason is that sociopaths study you figure out what it is that you're looking for, and then turn themselves into that person. So the whole thing is very contrived. Um, of course, now this is a situation that comes up in remote romantic relationships, but the next warning sign is sexual magnetism. And uh, sociopaths seem to have lots of sexual energy, um, and there's a reason for that as well, and that is because both male and female sociopaths are very high in testosterone. And testosterone makes you um, pursue sexual conquest, so that's exactly what they do. And most people who were uh, romantically involved um, say that the sex was extraordinary, at least in the beginning, um, but eventually um, it may or may not continue that way because sociopaths also lose interest and, and then they, you know, or may want other things. And of course, um, in lots of cults, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of sexual manipulation going on. So th there's definitely uh, something in common there. The next item on my list is the love bombing, you know, which I talked about before. You know, they're showering you with attention and, and telling you how wonderful you are. And, and they just really lay it on thick. So what happens is, you know, someone who's on the receiving end of this, of course, thinks that this is extraordinary and wonderful. And uh, that's what essentially draws people into the involvement to begin with is, is just all this attention that they thrive on. It just makes them feel like they're on cloud nine. So um, the, and the problem with those first four traits is that there's nothing wrong with them to begin with. I mean, it's, it, they sound like a dream date. I mean, who wouldn't want to be involved with someone who's charismatic and sexy and thinks you're wonderful? So, you know, that's, that's why it's so hard to spot them right away. So it's really important to look at the, the other traits that are not as positive. Like the next one is blames other for everything. And this is really key because uh, just about all sociopaths do this. They, you know, anything that happens is not their fault. You know, somebody's out to get them. Somebody didn't do what they're supposed to do. They, they've always got an excuse. They never take responsibility for anything that's going on. So that's key because it is one that you'll start to see fairly early on in that, you know, if, if there's, if there's any trouble, uh, you know, it's never the sociopath's fault. He, he never did anything or she never did anything. There's a few more like lies and gaps in the story is critically important. Just about all sociopaths lie. The problem with lying, of course, is that you don't see it right away. It's often later on when you really find out what was going on that you realize that everything this person ever told to you was a lie. 
So those are five of the 10 of you know, the warning signs. And the important thing to know, I mean, there's more. And, and uh, you know, if, if your listeners are interested, they could go to Love Fraud and, and see the rest. You need to see the entire pattern or much of the pattern because there, there isn't one trait that makes someone a sociopath. It's this whole pattern of behavior, a pattern of conduct. And that's why it's very important for people to educate themselves about what these warning signs are so that if you start to see this pattern, you know what it means. Even if a relationship like this hasn't happened to you, it probably has happened to a friend of yours a sister, a brother, a co-worker, people can lose years of their lives to abusive partners. How does that come about? What happens, of course, is that people get roped into these situations and, you know, there is a lot of brainwashing that goes on, you know, which is another aspect in which it's similar to what goes on in, in cult situations. It, it, it's actually pretty complicated what happens because what happens is that these relationships are highly addictive, you know, with, with sociopaths. And I mean, this is, I mean, it just actually is. In fact, you know, if you look at the research, all romantic relationships are considered to be addictive, you know, because, you know, when, when you're in love, you, you know, you, you do crazy things, you have no judgment. And, and this is just regular romance, let alone when you're involved with a sociopath. But what happens with a sociopath is that because um, they pour it on so thick in the beginning that it draws people in even more because all relationships are essentially psychological bonds that form between a couple of people. And uh, the bond is established in the beginning because of pleasure. And somebody makes you feel good, you know, you're having a good time, you like this person. And as I said, with the sociopaths pouring it on, the, the pleasure is even more intense than it is with a regular date or a regular person that you might be involved with. So, I mean, that's why you feel you're, like you're on cloud nine is because this person is just so overwhelmingly swept over with you. So what happens is, uh, you know, you fall in love or the bond begins to form then. And then what happens is that the sociopath does something to create fear and anxiety in the partner. And usually the fear is that they might lose the relationship. So they might go off in a huff. They might lie. They, you know, they might, might cheat and then deny that they ever did it. They, they do something that upsets the partner. Now, the partner, the victim, the target in this, in this case, um, doesn't know where this came from and just wants the relationship to go back to how wonderful it was in the beginning. So uh, the partner may uh, plead, they may, you know, let's talk about it, let's do this, let's do that. Um, many of them uh, apologize for things that they never did. And eventually the, um, the sociopath may relent and they kiss and make up. So what happens is the bond gets established in the beginning. They have this incident of, that causes fear and anxiety in the partner. Fear and anxiety actually make the psychological bond stronger, okay? So, so then what happens is that, you know, they go through this uh, um, period of trying to reconcile. That makes the bond stronger again. 
And then what happens is that it's all hunky-dory again. Maybe they have sex that makes the bond stronger again. And it keeps going around in this vicious circle where, which each turn of the wheel, the bond gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's one of the big reasons why people can't get out of it is because the psychological bond just gets so strong that they can't escape. To unlock the rest of this episode, visit patreon.com forward slash K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R. It's only $5 to unlock over 20 hours of content.